Hey, DJs, it is Friday, February 2nd. No more coaching vacancies left in the NFL. Did the commanders hire the right guy? What's next for Vrabel and Belichick? Also, what's next for Embiid and the Sixers after his latest injury? I'm Mad Max. Joining me, the one and only Sex Panther. Panther, happy Friday. It's Groundhog Day. Does anybody know if Punxsutawney Phil saw a shadow? Spring. It's sp- early spring. It's We're a, good. Yeah, I'll take it. Yesterday, it was damn near 50 degrees here. I got to take out the vet, get it washed up, cruise up and down the road a little bit. I think it's the first time. I kid you not. Not an exaggeration. It's like the first time I've seen the sun in two weeks. It has been miserable here with rain and overcast. So I got the day off. and looks like it's going to be another sunny day, or at least the sun peak out. Um, drive around town, go get my daughter, get ready for the weekend. But uh, other than that, not exciting. Like we're we're in purgatory, man. This is I guess so. Season of sports, <laughs> kind of. But I mean, we're gonna have Groundhog Day tomorrow because we're recording again tomorrow. We're gonna have Homer on to talk some NASCAR. So we're gonna try to do a NASCAR preview show because the first NASCAR race is this Sunday. So they're gonna do a race this Sunday. They, of course, break for the Super Bowl because they're not going to go up against that. And then NASCAR is back after that. So, um, you know, try to try to get some NASCAR uh, information from Homer, who, of course, bets NASCAR regularly, but also is a race car driver himself. Him and his dad do race in races down in North Carolina. So he does know a thing or two about cars. And uh, yeah, no, looking forward to that. And we'll record that tomorrow. So it'll be the just just like, you know, just like Bill Murray. We'll wake up again, do it again tomorrow. And it's been a long time since I've had to podcast on a weekend, so if I'm grouchy, then, yeah, say <laughs> lovey, such is life. Um, all right, so yeah, let's start off with the, I guess the top story of the day is that the Washington Commanders have their man, and that man is Dan Quinn. Uh, he is the last coach hire for the offseason, that means no more vacancies. Quinn, of course, leaves the Cowboys, the division rival of Washington, and he'll take over the head coaching spot, and it'll be his second Opportunity to be a head coach for Atlanta. I believe he was there five years or something like that. He was he had a forty three and forty two record, so slightly above five hundred coaching Atlanta. He was three and two in the playoffs, and one of those playoff losses, as we know, came at the hands of Tom Brady and the Patriots, coughing up a twenty eight three lead at the half. So there you go. Dan Quinn gets another job opportunity. He's actually done quite well as the defensive guy in Dallas the last few years. Um, we know he's a defense guy. He's talking possibly about going back to Seattle, but they they went a different direction as well. Man, I, I totally forgot about Quinn. You know, I to- when we were talking about, like, I guess it's Vrabel. I forgot about Quinn. Uh, Quinn over Vrabel? Yes, no? I mean... His resume is, is nice. I, I don't think it's an exciting hire, but when you go through and look at how good the defense was when he was in uh, Seattle, you look at how um, you know he managed the Falcons and got them to a Super Bowl that they inexplicably coughed up by, uh, again, coaching blunders, coaching mismanagement. 
Um, and then what he did with the Cowboys. Uh, we can't overstate the Cowboys. It was, what, three years ago? Historically years ago? terrible. It was like one of the worst defenses of all fucking time. setting a record. They were so bad. And now we're talking, you know, this past year where they were arguably one of the top five defenses. So um, is it a splashy hire? No. Is it a good hire? Maybe. I don't know that we've ever seen Dan Quinn take over what's going to be a rebuilding project. And that's what this is. Um, Washington's a complete rebuilding project. They're going to bring in a new quarterback. Um, they probably maybe have a running back. They've got a couple nice wide receivers, but there's work to do. So hopefully they give him a long leash and it's not a, a six week Carolina Panther thing. They give, I think, I think Quinn's a, a nice hire. I don't think it's going to excite the fan base, but it shouldn't make them mad that I mean, there wasn't much out there to choose. I don't even think that taking him over Vrabel, if Vrabel was even a consideration, uh, is a bad thing. His resume is actually pretty nice. I, I mean, I put them on the same footing, really. Maybe a little. Dan Quinn's got more experience. He's a bit older. Uh, he's been there, done that. So, uh, yeah, Dan Quinn's got more experience than Vrabel uh, overall coaching. So, um He's got to come in with an offensive guy. Maybe, maybe they keep Bienemy around. Maybe that is the offensive guy, even though Bienemy's name has popped up in New England t- talks as well. So he's going to have to make sure that the offense, the, the rookie quarterback that they draft, is going to be set. Uh, defense. Listen, Washington a couple years ago, you know, for the last couple years, not last season. Last season, their defense kind of fell, fell apart. But, you know, that's what kind of kept, kept them afloat. So maybe he can stabilize that defense. And uh, we saw it with the Chiefs, or we're seeing it with the Chiefs right now. <laughs> offensive league offensive league and here's a defensive fucking team sneaking into the fucking super bowl you know offense I, I mean i can't say good enough when you got fucking patrick mahomes and travis kelsey it's just like you, when you need to score you're gonna score but this ain't an offensive team this chief's team they're a defensive first team and so may, maybe defense isn't dead in this league and and this is a guy that you'd want uh, doing your defense, but uh, you know I've said it. We've had a lot of defensive guys being hired as head coaches this offseason. Got to have a plan for the offense, especially with a rookie quarterback. Uh, he he managed Matt Ryan through some MVP seasons and some great fucking uh, you know statistical seasons. And so I think what whatever they did offensively there, it, it seems if you're looking at a a Matt, like replicating a Matt Ryan. You know, quarterback, I, I think we were talking about, it's, it's going to be uh, Homer's boy from North Carolina, probably that they draft, right? I, I think he fits more of the mold of the offense that we've seen on Dan Quinn's teams before as opposed to a versatile running quarterback. So, and again, I, maybe Washington's still a little bit gun-shy from the RG3 experience. RG3 was a fucking lightning in a bottle until he wasn't, you know? So maybe they go uh, defense first, steady fucking quarterback that can actually still launch the ball and uh maybe that's the mindset there with with dan quinn as the head coach very much so i i was actually thinking you know what if they take caleb williams dan quinn does just does not seem like the kind of guy that would want to take on a a prima donna like caleb williams so uh maybe this was even in the interview process they even talked quarterbacks um i i I would be surprised if it's not Drake May or maybe even they trade out of that spot and maybe try and get some more draft picks. Like I said, there's there's work to be done in Washington that's not going to be solved just by drafting a quarterback. 
So what's next for guys like Vrabel and Belichick? It seems like they will have to sit out a season, and Vrabel might take on a defensive coordinator position. I don't know how many are available. I saw the Rams just uh, filled their defensive coordinator position. It was not Brandon Staley, so Brandon Staley's still hanging out there, former head coach with a defensive mindset, so uh, may- maybe he ends up with a job as well. But Vrabel could take a defensive coordinator job. He could take the year off. As for Belichick, he did interview for Washington. It The reports came out that Belichick interviewed for Washington, and the closest he got was Atlanta. But what I'm reading, what I've read, is he didn't want to give up player personnel control, and the GMs were just afraid. They were afraid about bringing him in. They they just didn't want to risk it. They didn't want to risk any friction. They didn't want their, their jobs being cucked because of him. So they said, fuck it. It's not worth it. He's a guy that's got a lot of Super Bowl rings, but not a lot of success without Tom Brady. So teams just seem to pass on him this year. So is what's next for these guys? Do you see Vrabel back head coaching next year? Do you see Belichick doing anything? Uh, are, I mean, do they get another head coaching opportunity, either of them? Vrabel, definitely. Vrabel's young. I mean, he's still, he's like my age. So he, he's I mean, Belichick old. coached him. <laughs> you know, yeah, he was right. a player yeah. on Belichick's team. <laughs> Rabel, Rabel was at Ohio State when I was at Ohio State, so um, that was a long time ago, back in the early 90s. Uh, you know, Belichick, my personal opinion is, I'm not wavering from this. I think he should be done, whether it's voluntarily or nobody wants him. Um, I think he would actually be a, a comical addition to somebody's, um, you know, talk show or pre you know pre nfl sunday on cbs or fox or something they he he brings a lot of years of experience um he can with his stoic personality he can be uh, funny at times and it might give him an opportunity to shed uh, that reputation he has for being such a horrible interview during press conferences um but as far as coaching goes i think he should be done i think these owners and gms are kind of getting wise to you know, it, it was dead a while ago. Remember when Holmgren wanted all that power, when he went to Seattle and it didn't go well, and now you're seeing it with Belichick. These guys, you own a team. You hire a general manager to do this job, and and now you got a coach that wants – and I get it. I, I subscribe to the Bill Parcells theory. If you want me to cook the dinner, you at least got to let me shop for the groceries. I get that. I agree with that. But you're not the end-all, be-all. There still has to be somebody above you making that final say. And like we've said many, many times, without Tom Brady, his record's not even close to average. He's he's actually pretty bad. So I, I think part of that comes into the equation. I think his age comes into the equation. I mean, we're talking a guy that's, what, 71, 72? Are you hiring a coach for two years? Are you hiring a coach for four to six years? I'm not keeping Belichick around until he's damn near 80 years old. So I think he's probably done. I think he should be done. And he'll get a – I think he would do very well as a talking head um, for a pre-show or even as maybe a third guy uh, on an in-game show, just not – or an in-game commentary, just not doing a Patriots game. I don't, I don't think I want to hear him do a Patriots game. You know, I mean, the, mine instantly goes to consultants – Right, like consulting teams and stuff. But I don't know if I want to bring him in to consult. You know, right. I, I, uh, I, it's the specter of him, the distraction of him around. I just, I just wouldn't want it. I, I'm hesitant to say that he'll never coach again because he wants to continue coaching and he is what 15 wins away 
from breaking Shula's record. By the way, that's that's who uh, the Rams hired was uh, Shula's grandkid. That's who's going to be their uh, defense coordinator. If you remember, I, I, be- I believe it was Danny Shula was the coach of the Bengals. It's his kid. So it is. Um, uh, that's got the uh, defense coordinator job uh, for the Rams. But yeah, I mean, his grandfather, you know, has has the most uh, coaching wins of all time, and Bill Belichick is in striking distance of that. So I could see a team possibly bringing him in, so he breaks the record for that team. And I would love for that team to be the Jets. We've said it on the show before. I would love for the, him to be coaching the Jets when he breaks that record, possibly against the, the Patriots. So we shall see about those two guys. All right. Um, over to the NBA. And we'll cover NBA. We do, That's all we're betting in the second half of the show. So it was kind of like a precursor setting the table for NBA bets. Let's talk about Joel Embiid. Panther. Uh, Embiid hurt himself, I think it was about two weeks ago. And now they changed the rules for uh, NBA first team and MVP and all those awards where you have to play a minimum of 65 games, which honestly, I I don't disagree with. I think you need to be on the fucking court for a majority of the season to be eligible for awards. So I don't necessarily disagree with this. However, it seems Embiid felt pressured to play so he could stay in the MVP hunt. Selfish, by the way, and uh, hurt himself really severely. He's got a torn meniscus at this point. No timetable for return. Now, if you're a WWE fan or you watch WWE, you know uh, possibly that Seth Rollins, the current heavyweight champ in WWE, suffered the same injury, and he's out until about April. Now, again, both athletes, I'd actually probably say that Seth Rollins probably more recoverable athlete based off of his size. Now, Seth is a little bit older, you know, so take that into effect. Uh, Seth Rollins in his 40s. Joel Embiid just turned 30, or is about to turn 30. But he's a big man. And we know what these uh, big men, just knee injuries, back injuries with big men could derail their careers. So I, I ask you this. First off, what what does the season look like Philadelphia um with, with his, this injury, what does this season look like? Trade deadline right around the corner. Like, what do they do this season? But bigger question, what does the future hold for Embiid and the Sixers? 30-year-old big man with an injury history. MVP, I know that. But, I mean, it's not going to get easier after 30, Panther. No, it doesn't get easier. And, and you know, to touch on something you said, you know, selfish um, putting yourself out there because you're chasing an MVP. And I almost feel like he's chasing, he was chasing that MVP because a lot of the experts or pundits like ourselves kind of gave him an asterisk, right? That Jokic, they, they weren't going to let him win three in a row. And Jokic um, kind of took the foot off the pedal last year because mm-hmm. he wanted to win a fucking title. He, want, he wanted to win a title. And Jokic, here's the thing. Jokic is just being himself and his numbers are there and he's in the MVP conversation again. Embiid is an MVP caliber player just being himself. I think what people took a you know exception to was the, the LeBron kind of selling, marketing himself, like just pandering for votes and whatever. And I think that maybe um, rubbed some people the wrong way. Clearly not the voters, but um, you know, in my opinion, Jokic is still the more valuable player, uh, but we're going to see this Philadelphia team now without Embiid, and I don't think they're going to be very good. You had Maxi last night have to put up a 50 spot 
for them to beat the Jazz, which kind of surprising because I thought Utah would win that game. But it, it puts a lot of pressure on Paul Reed, on Tobias Harris. Like these guys have to fill that void that Embiid just kind of his wingspan, his length, his height. I mean, the guy is a mess in the paint. It's it. He's a very important player. He is clearly the MVP of the 76ers. I don't think they can come on into the trade deadline, which is only six days away, but it's next Thursday. So they've got to either say, yeah, this is our team. This is what we're running with, or more than likely go see if they can find a trade partner and find themselves a big. And I think that's what they'll do. If they stay where they're at, I think the 76ers, I don't want to say they're in a world of trouble. I didn't like them as a favorite anyway, but without Embiid, they don't have a chance. Now, that said, he comes back in April. They're still in the playoffs. This is still a playoff team. They've racked up enough wins. They could just limp this thing till towards the end of the regular season and Embiid come back and, and they'll be fine. But to your point, he's he's got a track record. He's got a history of injuries, lengthy um, rehab times. There's no timetable. So we don't even know if he'll be back this year at all. Yeah, that's exactly right. So we, we haven't seen any news on it just yet. We're, we're waiting to see again. I'm, I'm putting the comparison um, just because I, I just, it's fresh in my mind with what's going on with Seth Rollins, the same, same type of injury. And um, you know, his timetable is WrestleMania, which is April. He'll probably be back before then. And again, he's older and yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, nothing's been said about what, what's happening with Embiid um, just yet. Now, what I can say about their team is their team's a tad bit in trouble here. Um, they've they're now fifth in the East right now. Uh, Pacers, they're four games behind Philadelphia, but we expect the Pacers to kind of put things together at some point. They've lost a couple in a row, but Pacers could jump up. Miami at some point, I mean, they've lost seven of ten. They might get their shit together. Orlando has been hit and miss. They looked really fucking good earlier in the season. Injuries kind of derailed them. Uh, Bulls. The Bulls actually might be a trading partner with the Sixers, especially when they've got Drummond or Vucevic. Like, I mean, it's it's quite possible that if Embiid's out for a long period of time, the Bulls could be a, a trading partner. Uh, big man did get traded yesterday. Stephen Adams did go from Memphis. It was Memphis? Yeah, Memphis over to um, Houston uh, for Oladipo and some draft picks. So Stephen Adams, not to say that he's off the board, but he's already been traded. So that's one big man that you can't really look to. Um, there's yeah, listen. There's there's big men that'll probably be available out there. Um, maybe not again. The no one's gonna fucking fill the role of Joe Embiid, but you might find some guys that can at least compliment Maxi and let him take over and uh, do his thing. I just if you're if you're a Sixers fan, you have to be worried. Yeah, you just, you have to be worried about already slipping down to fifth right now. It's it's much easier to say you're third and you take this injury and you stay in the top six. But at fifth right now, you risk falling into those play-in games. And well, and that's – you want to avoid it. You want to avoid the play-in games, man. Right. Well, you point out they're in fifth, but they're they're a game and a half from being in second and four games from being in sixth. They, they, it kind of is a, a crucial decision. Do they want to limp along and fall down into the, the play-in games? Or do they want to make a move, I would say, Cleveland, right? Go get Jarrett Allen. Who can fill in at the five and then? I, I the mean, four? they've got the depth, but would they want to trade with Philadelphia, especially because Cleveland sits at four right now? Would you want to help a competitor in the East get better? I, I depends on what I, you're getting. If they, uh, yeah, if they get yeah. the right package back, 
um, draft picks or, or players or what have you, possibly. Maybe a third team gets involved. But if I'm Philadelphia, if I'm the general manager, I'm probably not sitting still. I didn't like this team as it was constructed anyway. I thought they still needed another player, another uh, four or five, you know, somebody bigger than Tobias Harris, but not as big as Embiid. So maybe this just forced their hand. I, But Maxi, man, oh my God, this dude, uh, most improved player? Really? This I, he, he showed he showed a lot a lot last season. I liked him a lot last year too. He's he's fucking good. He's fantastic. And now without Embiid, he's really going to shine. But if I'm the 76ers, I'm looking to make a move, and you've got six days to do it. Totally agree. Hey, uh, the Celtics lost yesterday to the Lakers, by the way. So that happened in Boston. In Boston, without LeBron, without AD, played, right? With uh, everyone on the Celtics played. And yeah. And Austin Reeves went Davis off. So yeah. it just shows you, even without your big players, you can still take down some juggernauts. So maybe Philadelphia ain't just dead yet if Maxi keeps doing what he's doing. Going to take a quick break. We actually had a pretty long intro, surprisingly, for uh, for nothing to talk about. We talked a lot. We're going to take a quick break right now. And then NBA bets. Stay tuned. Guess who's back? Back again. My bookie's back. Tell a friend. That's right, DJ's proud to say that we're once again being brought to you by my bookie but just because they weren't paying us doesn't mean we haven't been giving them some love i still use my bookie to this date and you should too why because march is about to get crazy insane maybe even a little mad if you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home bet the non-stop action of march madness with my bookie enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to twenty-five thousand big ones or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now, take advantage of their generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is use the promo code DEGENS, that's D-E-G-E-N-S, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up-to-the-minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on, the best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, anywhere. Use the promo code DGENS to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. We are back with you, possibly never even left you. Again, more than likely didn't leave you and have not been having those mid-roll commercials a lot lately. A uh, couple couple intro commercials I've seen from time to time, but 
kind of dry in the commercial. We we got our payout for this month, Panther, for advertising for January. Oh man, it's probably like one of the lowest payouts in a long time. So you know, um, good for you guys. Uh, maybe one, no, um, five, six, something like that. We 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 can get some Starbucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're uh, you're you're special lady. Uh, she likes uh, she likes to treat herself to Starbucks from time to time. So you know, yeah, get her a Starbucks. She'll she'll be happy. That va- happy Valentine's Day. Here's a fucking Starbucks for you. <laughs> um, NBA Sex Panther. Uh, bigger slate of games today. Not to say a more bettable slate of games, but a bigger slate of games today to look at as opposed to yesterday. I don't think you're betting them all. Um, and a lot of chalky lines. So let's see if we can get some agreements today. Uh, we'll see. I, I'm getting to that point where I, I like tilted lines. He's listening and he posts his 20 picks parlay every day with these astronomical numbers. Um, and I'm getting to that point, not necessarily on a 20 pick parlay, but where I'm just throwing shit at the wall, see if it'll stick. And I feel like that's what today is. I've got six games. <laughs> So let's throw some of this at the wall and see if it sticks. Let's start with the Clippers going to Detroit, take on the Pistons. The Pistons are playing better. Even when they lose, they're a little bit more competitive. But I don't think they're competitive against the Clippers. The Clippers have just been rolling. Everybody knows their role. The MVP, dare I say, is Russell Westbrook. I mean, the guy is taking his role as the sixth man, fills in when the starting unit, when one of the other guys doesn't play. Um, He's been the consummate role player. And uh, this, this team, there's no friction. You've got all these egos, and they just keep rolling along. I got to eat 11 and a half, but I think they can do it. Um, and like you've pointed out, I have full disclosure. I've got you in my ear, not literally, just figuratively. All these big spreads getting mm-hmm, covered mm-hmm, throughout mm-hmm, the season. Mm-hmm, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Fuck it, here's one of them. Mm-hmm, Give me the Clippers mm-hmm. minus eleven and a half for ten bucks. Um, Russell Westbrook plays twenty three minutes a game. He averages eleven points, five assists, six rebounds. I mean, not fucking bad. And 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 one steal. Yes, that's what you want from a sixth man. Not bad. It's not just about the scoring, especially when you got such well-balanced scoring. James Harden probably scoring the least amount of points he's done in his career. 17 points per game for James Harden. It's uh, Kawhi 23, Paul George 23, Norman Powell 14, Zubak 12, uh, Westbrook 11, as I mentioned. Um, Well-balanced score. A tough, tough fucking team to defend. So fucking tough to defend. Uh, I will lean the Clippers with you in this one. Um, yeah, I, I probably could bet it, but uh, just a, just a lean on Los Angeles. All right, next game up, we're going to talk about the Sacramento Kings going to Indiana, take on the Pacers. I was on the Pacers at New York. Uh, they covered, right? I got four and a half. They they lost, but they covered. Got me that win, but they're on a two-game losing streak. Now they're, But those were road games. Now they're back at home going against a Sac- Sacramento team that this is their fifth game on the road. They've actually done quite well. They lost to Miami um, just two days ago, but before that, they beat Memphis. They beat Dallas. They beat Golden State, but those victories were close. They were really close games, and now I'm getting a home team, a Pacer team that plays really good at home, and they're getting points. I think the Pacers can win this outright, but I'll take the three and a half, ten bucks. Of course, these teams uh, will be tied between the trade that they made, um, 
would seem to have worked out for both teams. Sabonis is, is absolutely amazing, and uh, Tyrese Halliburton has been amazing for the, for the Pacers as well, as long as he can stay healthy. He was the one that was bitching and moaning about the 65-game uh, minimum, by the way, because he could lose millions of dollars if he's not a first-team uh, player. So, uh, yeah, I'll lean the Pacers with you getting the points. Uh, I do like the Sacramento Kings team. I do think they've got grit. I do think that they, you know, are playing better on the road. So, uh, you know, can't quite bet it, but a lean on the Pacers. Our next game up, the Golden State Warriors are going to Memphis, take on the Grizzle. Not a fan of either one of these teams. Grizzle just made themselves worse by trading away uh, Stephen Adams. But uh, Golden State... I, this is a team I'm just not enamored with. And I am I think they've got some decisions to make on what they're going to do. It, it came out yesterday that they any moves that they made would have to go through Curry. Like, I hate that. I really hate that players are getting... Run your damn franchise. Players be damned. They're just names on the back of the jersey. You rep the front of the jersey. Um, but they said any moves they make, whether it involves Wiggins or Draymond or what have you, um, it'll go through Curry. I don't know if they'll break up the, the squad or not, but laying eight and a half on the road, are you kidding me? I, I, I think I would take that against anybody. Give me the Memphis Grizzle plus eight and a half for 10 bucks. On the opposite side here, I'm going to take, I'm going to take uh, the Warriors minus seven and a half. So you can get eight and a half. I'll take minus seven and a half on the Warriors. I think I think they do win and cover this one. Uh, as for the future of this team, I, 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 you want to know why it's going to run through Curry? Because I don't know about Curry's future. If he wants to keep coaching for the long term, or if he's going to like say, hey, let's do one last hurrah. you know. So it really should go through him because it might decide on whether he's going to stay longer or if this might be his last season. Um, he's doing the uh, – he's, 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 coach, he's coaching the Team USA. He's, he's the one that's coaching them now, right, I believe. Uh, yeah. I know, yeah. I know he was the uh, the assistant under uh, Pop, and I know he worked with. Uh, oh no, is Pop coaching and Curry's the assistant? I can't. I can't remember because uh, it was uh, Coach K for a while, and Coach K bowed out. So either way, I know Curry's involved with Team USA. So I don't know. Maybe, he's young. He's young enough to keep coaching. He's definitely not Pop's age, uh, but does he want to? You know. Um, so that's probably why it's running through Curry. Whether it's trade for some youth and and try to rebuild, uh, try to go for one last fucking title which i i you know i just don't see this team as a title contender but yeah we'll, we'll see what happens with this team and especially if if chris paul can come back healthy at some point um you know they basically dropped jordan Poole for nothing at, you know they, they got some some games out of paul but now they've got nothing i and sometimes it's addition by subtraction because just getting jordan Poole out of the fucking locker room was probably a good fucking deal like even if you got a bag of beans for him it doesn't fucking matter but yeah i'm, I'm on the warriors on this one yeah surprising but i'm gonna eat some chalk uh ten dollar bet on golden state Talk about eating some chalk. Charlotte is going to Oklahoma City. Charlotte's bad. I mean, they are they are in the midst of a losing streak. Not real competitive. I think their their closest game in this losing streak was seven points. And I mean, four of these four in a row have been at home, and they've just been getting bitch slapped. Now they go to the on the road to Oklahoma City, who is fighting for that number one seed in the West. They're healthy. Is you know as long as um, you know, you've got Josh, you got Shea, and you got Holmgren. They're healthy. I really don't care about anybody else on this team. And they're healthy. Now, I when I wrote it down, it was 15 and a half, which I think is outrageous. And it's getting worse. 
If you guys want the Thunder, <laughs> I think you got to jump now. I'm taking the Thunder minus the 15 and a half max for 10 bucks. Not sure I can get you 15 and a half. Um, <laughs> 16. 16. 16 and a half in some books, but 16. And uh, I'll, lean, I'll lean it with you. I mean, this is a team that loses on average by 12 points per game. That's that's their average that they lose by. They have lost by 34 points to the fucking Rockets. They lost by almost double digits to the Pistons. I mean, I do not like this Charlotte Hornets team. The Charlotte Hornets team is, is a complete disaster. I mean, for a while we thought the Portland Trailblazers were the worst team in the league, and they've actually kind of turned things around a bit and been competitive over the last 10 games or so. Still a bad team. But I wouldn't put them as the worst. Charlotte is edging towards the worst right now with their recency and just how they're getting blown out and just not competing. Um, yeah, moral support, lean. Charlotte's four games ahead of Detroit, but the way they're playing, I think they could catch down to them. I mean, I, I don't know if the Pistons get to 10 wins, but <laughs> I, I don't know if, the, if uh, Charlotte wins another game the rest of the season. Uh, two more games for me. Let's start with New Orleans going to San Antonio. The Spurs are kind of a mess of themselves. I've, I've made some money betting against these bad teams. San Antonio is definitely a bad team. They did beat Minnesota by one point. They did beat Portland by 16 points. But New Orleans, I mean, when healthy, this is a really good team. Now, I'm seeing Zion's a game-time decision, but I think he'll probably play. New Orleans has given up eight and a half on the road. That's always a risky proposition, but against the Spurs, I feel good about it. Give me the Pelicans for 10 bucks. Uh, Tilted Lions just posted in the main chat about his fuck Jordan Poole parlay, so uh, it's, it's not going to be a pool party for him tonight. Um, as for this game, uh, I'll lean San Antonio getting the, the points here. Um, man, you know, Pel Pelicans are a mystifying team. They're decent enough on the road, uh, but as of late, they've just not been playing consistently good basketball, and I worry about their focus. I worry about the long-term mental uh, toughness of this team as the season. You know, uh, They've had stretches where they've looked really good, and now they're kind of like going through the motions. San Antonio ain't winning this game, that's for fucking sure, but I don't know. I, I just don't see the Pelicans covering it, so just a lean on the Spurs. All right, last game up for me, the Portland Trailblazers are going to take on the champs in Denver, take on the Denver Nuggets. Jokic sat out a game um, two days ago. They lost that game against Oklahoma City. He's a game-time decision for this game. I tend to think he plays. But even if he does or doesn't, Denver's not been dominating teams. They beat Milwaukee by six. They beat Philadelphia by six. They got smacked in the mouth by the New York Knicks. They beat the Indiana Pacers by five. They lost to Oklahoma City just two days ago by five. They're playing close competitive games. On the flip side, Portland's won two in a row. They beat your boy Doc Rivers and <laughs> the Milwaukee Bucks. They beat the Joel Embiidless Philadelphia 76ers, like beat them down by 26. And their other losses were competitive. Portland's trending the right direction. They've got decent young talent. They're just trying to figure out how to play together. Now, Denver's going to win this game. But 12 and a half, I really think there's there's a chance here. Portland keeps it closer to a touchdown. So I'm going to take the Trailblazers for 10 bucks. 
it, it does astound me how Portland is as bad as they are. Um, Jeremy Grant's a good fucking ball player. DeAndre Ayton's a good fucking ball player. Malcolm Brogdon's a damn fucking good ball player. Matisse Thibault's a fucking good ball player. Uh, Scoot Henderson, the rookie, having a decent enough fucking uh, rookie season. Um, Anthony Simmons. Uh, Anthony Anthony Simmons, good fucking ball player. How how are they how are they this bad? I I'm gonna lean Portland in this one. I think they're competitive. They show up in fucking bigger matchups, and it seems like they're now starting to gel. Um, I think Aiton still has a chip on his shoulder from being in Phoenix, how he was exited from Phoenix, and maybe he's not mentally fucking focused and all that shit. But they get it together. This team can be fucking competitive and and be a thorn in the sides. And you're right, Denver just. They don't need to dominate. They just, you know, they're, they're gonna fucking go with the flow. Keep, uh, keep, keep their MVP healthy. Keep Murray healthy. You know, go into the fucking playoffs, try to win another title. So I'm gonna lean the Blazers here. I did six, and we didn't agree betting wise on anything. What are you? What are you? What are you betting, man? I just got one more because you know I, I I did bet that Golden State Warriors game, and I'm gonna bet the Phoenix Suns. It's a team I've been making money on a lot. I don't trust this Atlanta Hawks team. Uh, I can still get the Suns minus three, even though this is minus four or four and a half in some books. Um, so uh, I want you know I want to take the three as I can get it, and uh, yeah, Phoenix Suns. Uh, they they they're healthy. They're looking much better. They've won eight of the last ten. Um, Playing better on the road as well, and I just I can't fucking trust the Hawks. Just can't, and they're in flux. They don't know what they're gonna fucking do uh, with Dejounte Murray. I don't know if you fucking saw this when the Lakers were in town. Um, D'Angelo Russell was at the free throw line, and the Atlanta Hawks fans started chanting, "We don't want you," because the the the, the trade rumor of D'Angelo Russell being traded for Dejounte Murray. So, ouch. Ouch. Uh, yeah. Don't like this Hawks team. Uh, I like the Suns team as they're playing right now, so $10 bet on Phoenix. Yeah, that's... that. That's hurt. Fans can be so hurtful. That's terrible. Uh, that's Aaron's fucked like... up because when he does get traded there, ouch. Oh. Yeah. They changed their tune. You know, the, I, I, one of my one of my very, very good friends, a diehard Chiefs fan, and he's like, all Raiders go to hell, but they changed their tune when Marcus Allen came to town. Like, it just... What if, if you're wearing the jersey, you're you're okay. Uh, but for the for this game, I don't like either team. I, I get it. The Suns are playing better. Um, they've this is a long, long road trip, right? This this is their at least their sixth road game in a row. They've won three out of five. They they lost to Orlando. Um, they lost to Indiana. They, they beat Brooklyn. Yay! They beat Miami. You know, yay! They beat Dallas at the top of that. A road trip. Oh, that's quality win. But beating Atlanta, or I, I don't, I don't know. I really don't know. I think I, I give Atlanta a puncher's chance here, particularly at home. I'm leaning Atlanta. I don't like either one of these teams. All right, let's put together a, a massive chalk parlay. We'll take the Clippers minus eleven and a half. We'll take the Thunder minus sixteen, and we will take the. Uh, were you on the Nuggets? I was. I was leading the Blazers in that one. Well, yeah, but we were taking the points. But if you're just wanting to do a money line, oh, I'm not doing the money line. No, no, no. I'm just eating chalk. Oh, okay. I'm eating chalk on all of these fucking things. Um, oh, okay. You had the Pelicans right over the Spurs. I was leaning the Spurs. Yeah. Um, what else? What is this? this is a big chalky line? Uh, Heat. 
Heat versus Wizards? I don't like that one. Heat minus seven and a half. I don't trust them. Even against, oh, Wizards are shitty. Wizards are shitty. Mm. Damn, which one do I want to do? Let's, let's... Timberwolves versus the Magic? Don't like that one either. Yeah, I didn't either. Um, ah, fuck it. We throw the Pelicans in there, even though I didn't totally agree with you on that. It's fine. I just want to uh, all chalk parlay. Clippers minus eleven and a half. OKC minus sixteen. Pelicans minus seven and a half. That'll pay five eighty six on this Friday. Uh, as I mentioned, we're gonna record probably tomorrow. Hopefully tomorrow, as long as everyone shows up um, to do a NASCAR show with Homer. So uh, we should have some content over the weekend. But with that, Panther, take us home. All right, I got I got a I got a one sided conversation with tilted lines here. He posts his ridiculous twenty pick parlays, which are so much fun, right? Twenty five cents to win one hundred twenty eight thousand dollars. I swear to God, we're all rooting for him. We're his biggest fans, but stop posting them before we do the the our picks and stuff. Because I gave you one yesterday. I gave you one, and it wasn't one of your twenty picks, and it hit. I'm trying to be part of what you're doing, tilted lines. Let us be a part of your your. Uh, Lottery winnings, man. <laughs> oh, but man, listen, shout out. Homer J was here. Tilted Lines here. Unibee Knowledge. X Chris. I think he popped in early this morning when we weren't recording, but uh, they're listening to us live. You guys can listen to us live or just join us and chat with us right here on our Discord channel. Come into the asylum. Shoot the shit with us. We'll holler right back. But most importantly, let us know what you did yesterday, what you're doing the rest of the weekend. NASCAR show tomorrow. When it's all said and done, kids, let's make some money, fools. This show is sports entertainment. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only, and any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done at your own risk. This podcast should not be considered professional advice. In short, don't be stupid. Gamble responsibly. We will not be held responsible. Peace. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.